0: Coming to you from the Barrier Islands Center on Virginia's Eastern Shore, this is Sharing the Mic with David Phillips. You can find this podcast on the BIC website, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to like and hit that subscribe button. Several years ago, Hampton Roads Public Media, WHRO, did a series of short spots called Our Eastern Shore. On each of our podcasts, I will revisit one episode of those. Listen.
1: During the 1830s, George Bigelow established a thriving commercial shipbuilding enterprise at Willis Wharf, Virginia, then known as Downing's Wharf. You're listening to Our Eastern Shore. George Bigelow believed in the teachings of Thomas Paine, a guiding force in the American Revolution, who wrote the influential pamphlet Common Sense. Payne also wrote that organized religion was the source of most of the world's problems. Old unsubstantiated stories claim that Eastern Shore clergy began preaching sermons claiming that George Bigelow was attempting to convert the area to Payne's radical philosophical beliefs. Northampton County records state that by 1833... Bigelow's business was having financial difficulty, and then in 1837, a mysterious fire destroyed his store and most of his waterfront shipyard. By 1840, Bigelow had left the Eastern Shore and moved to Norfolk, where, according to the United States Patent Office, he received a patent for an improved method of constructing ships. Our Eastern Shore is created by WHRO in partnership with the Barrier Islands Center funding has been provided by the Virginia Foundation for the Humanities. For more information, visit whro.org. My guest today is Wayne Bell, Jr., an
0: Eastern Shore native who serves on the Barrier Islands Center Board of Directors. As one who professionally serves the youth of Hampton Roads, he is a valuable asset to the BIC. Wayne Bell, Thanks for sharing the mic. Absolutely. Glad to be here today. Good. Um, I think you're the first person that I've interviewed that has been Uh, A born here. (laughs) Where did you grow up? Uh,
2: I grew up in Eastfield, Virginia, Um, went to Northampton High School. And after graduating from Northampton High School, I went to Virginia State University where I majored in political science. I had aspirations to be a lawyer. Uh, After college, I ended up coming back to the Eastern Shore because I had finished military training boot camp and did not have an apartment after I left college and so it made sense to come back home and I started my working career as a substitute teacher in Northampton county Public Schools uh, had applied to many jobs and keep kept getting the same letter which is thanks for applying but you know we're gonna select somebody else. Mm. And so I kept saying to myself, if I just get an interview, I feel like I'm going to get the job. I will sell myself, Um, even not having any experience. And so there was a juvenile probation officer position in the local paper, and I felt like, okay, here's my opportunity. And so I applied, and I got an interview. And after getting an interview, I had to go through two rounds of interviews, but I told myself, if I ever get an interview... I'm going to get the job. And lo and behold, I got that job uh, and later learned that it was about 66 candidates and I was one of... The, the one selected out of 66 candidates. Uh, and really having no experience, but I really sold myself during the interview and that really propelled my career um, from that stage. And so, you know, that was a, a very good opportunity. I'm glad a person took a chance on me to come back and, and serve the community. So I, I think I really gained a lot of valuable lessons serving as
0: a juvenile probation officer. Right. Uh, and so you gave up notions of being a lawyer.
2: That's right. Uh, so to speak. Yeah. So I I felt like, um, you know, because I used to have to testify a lot in the courtroom and, you know, write reports and what have you. So it made me
0: feel like a lawyer without spending all the money to go to law school. <laughs> I hear that. Growing up in Eastville, was Eastville much different than it is today?
2: Uh, I really don't think so. Uh, of course, you know, I am uh, was born in 74, so it wasn't too, too long ago, but Eastfield seems very similar to me now uh, than it was back then. Mm-hmm. I will say uh, I think Cape Charles has definitely changed a lot over the years. Uh, mm-hmm. I know as a teenager, I worked on the farm, um, riding potato harvesters and tomato harvesters, and that all of that land that is now gated Bay Creek community is where I used to ride tomato and potato harvesters.
0: Is that and,
2: right? And so uh, to me, that's been a a huge transition. And I will tell you, riding those tomato and potato harvesters is what motivated
0: me to go to college
2: because I said, I can't do this for a living.
0: <laughs> it's right. a pretty good motivator. Oh, absolutely. What are some of your fondest memories of your childhood here on the shore?
2: I was raised by my grandparents. Uh, My father was involved in my upbringing, but I was primarily raised by my grandparents. Mm -hmm. And uh, my grandfather was a truck driver. My grandmother was a... Lifelong school teacher. And so, you know, we were a modest middle-income family. Grandparents believed in uh, going to church and, you know, having good values and a loving family. So I felt like I had a very good childhood upbringing. Uh, I felt loved. I felt supported. One very interesting story that I like to share when I'm doing motivational motivational speeches and what have you is I remember being in the backyard one day throwing the baseball with my father and he said to me, you know, I've been paying attention to you and the other kids in the neighborhood and you are a natural born leader. You know, they tend to gravitate to you. They tend to follow you, whatever you say, they kind of, you know, you know, follow in your direction. And so you really need to h- harness that and, try to take advantage of it. And it really did not resonate with me at that time. But once I got into college, uh, I realized that I did have leadership skills, went off to the military, graduated from officer candidate school as honor grad, which demonstrated leadership ability, came back, became a juvenile probation officer, worked my way up in leadership there, and ended up you know, owning my own business uh, mm-hmm. for 10 years, uh, mental health counseling business. And now I'm the CEO of a nonprofit Uh, referred to as Children's Harbor, which is an early childhood care and education center in Hampton Road. So my father really realized something back when I was 12 in just a conversation. And it kind of, at that time, 12 years old, it didn't really mean much to me, but it started to resonate later. But it stuck with you. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Uh, You've mentioned your service to the country a couple of times. Which service? Uh, I was uh, Army National Guard. Yep. Wonderful. You've mentioned uh, that you own a mental, yeah, mental health counseling company. Uh,
2: That was therapeutic interventions. Uh, One of my uh, proudest moments, actually, uh, was being able to uh, leave the public sector and create my own private company uh, along with several partners. We started with eight employees and we grew it to over 120 at at our peak. It was all owners of the Eastern Shore, uh, but we were one of the largest mental health counseling providers in the state of Virginia uh, Mm -hmm. at our peak. And we ran that company from 2008 to uh, 2018 and then ended up selling it. So that's one of my um, proudest accomplishments is being able to start my own company give back to the community uh, because we were very philanthropic, and we also felt like we provided a very good service to the population that we
0: served. Right. Uh, How did you become involved with the Barrier Islands Center?
2: I have participated on numerous boards, and so I think there was a former board member and an actual employee of Barrier Islands who thought that I had a skill set that could contribute to the organization. Quite frankly, I think they were also looking for some diversity, me being African-American as well as you know, one of the younger members on the board. And so they reached out to me and asked me if I was willing to serve. And, of course, I, I felt like serving was one of the ways that I could give back. And so uh, I believe in giving back because I think when you when you give, then you're going to receive it back. And so uh, I've been uh, proud to serve
0: on the Barrier Islands as a board member. Terrific. Who would you say is your biggest role model or a mentor?
2: Uh, I would say my biggest role model is probably my grandmother. You know, as a young person, I would do mischievous things, kind of somewhat felt neglected or abandoned because uh, I remember about, you know, being a very young child, three or four years old, and my mother dropping me off to my grandmother's house. And as a young person growing up, you, you kind of struggle with trying to figure out why is it that your mother doesn't want to raise you. And so it was kind of on one of those scenarios of biting the hand that fed you. And so I remember oftentimes just doing little mischievous stuff, um, talking back, being disrespectful to my grandmother. And as I got older, one day she, I I did something, I don't remember what it was, but I did something and she responded back to me, regardless of what you do, I'm always going to love you and I'm never going to leave you. And so from that moment forward, it was like the light bulb went off. And so then that reassured me that I didn't have to worry about being abandoned again and that, you know, she'd always be there for me. And so that, that's that been the case. My grandmother's now 92. Uh, she resides here in Eastville. She is the one that kind of is my why, you know, what what motivates you, what makes you tick. And it was always doing what I could to make her proud. And so I'd say she's been my... My role model, my mentor. So nice story. Yeah, very nice story.
0: Now you say that your current employment is in Hampton Roads. Yes, do you uh, mean you work across the bay? That's
2: correct. So I'm actually the <laughs> CEO of a nonprofit organization referred to as Children's Harbor. We do early childhood care and education. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have four centers in the Hampton Roads. Our corporate offices in Norfolk, so we have a center in Norfolk. We have a center in Chesapeake, Suffolk, and Portsmouth. But recently, we have expanded our services to the Eastern Shore. The oh. Eastern Shore is referred to as a child care desert, mm-hmm. which means they really lack a lot of child care facilities. And so Governor Ralph Northam, uh, at our request, put in his budget $250,000 as seed money for us to try to expand to the Eastern Shore. So part of my role was to try to convince my board that I could raise the money and that it was beneficial for... Uh, the organization to invest in
0: moving to the eastern shore. Mm-hmm. And so was the, that seed money, excuse me, was that seed money a a, a grant, like a challenge grant? Uh, so it, maybe, it wasn't really a
2: challenge grant, but the governor put it in there understanding that it should resonate not only with the Eastern Shore, but also with my board to mm-hmm. motivate us to move in that direction. And so there were no real conditions to the mm-hmm. two hundred and fifty thousand other than we had to spend it specifically for the Eastern Shore and allocate how we were going to spend
0: and how long has that been in place? In uh, we,
2: we actually just finished spending those funds, and I've just got an email today saying that the deposit will be made in our account tomorrow. So our goal is to actually <coughs> open the center sometime between September and January. Um, okay. And so we're we're moving forward. Uh, forward with opening a child care center here uh, on the Eastern Shore in Onancock, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we anticipate it's going to employ anywhere from uh, 15 to 20 staff
0: mm-hmm. and
2: uh, service uh, approximately 100 children. So we're excited about that. Sounds wonderful. And
0: I guess Onancock's the logical place because it's sort of central. Absolutely. Sure. Yep,
2: centrally located. Uh, you have <laughs> Purdue Farms nearby. You have the shore Memo- uh the... Uh, The hospital, Riverside Shore Memorial Hospital, located nearby, Uh, Accomack County governmental offices. So it just makes sense to to actually be in in that area. So Mm -hmm. it it worked out well.
0: Do you see any relationship with the Barrier Island Center in your programming?
2: Oh, Uh, absolutely. I think with Barrier Island uh, being a nonprofit and Children's Harbor being a nonprofit, certainly we are going to hopefully collaborate uh, with with each other. I know that the Barrier Island offers educational opportunities to students. And so certainly mm -hmm. we would want to partner in that regard, too, because it's just one more outreach service that Children's Harbor can benefit from that's here and unique to the Eastern Shore. And so Mm -hmm. we're definitely going to lean on the Barrier Island uh, to support us in that regard. What do you think makes the Eastern Shore unique? Uh, the Eastern Shore is unique because it's, it's on its own peninsula. So we're surrounded by three bodies of water separated by a uh, bridge and tunnel as well as the Merlin State Line. And so we are kind of off to ourselves and sometimes often forgotten about. Yeah, and same. so because we're forgotten about, we have to fend for ourselves and that's what makes us unique. You know, The Eastern Shore is a great place because everybody knows everybody. We support each other when they're Is a true cause, and not many communities do that the way that we do, Uh, and that's really what makes us unique here on the Eastern Shore. We have a lot of different skill sets here. Sometimes we actually looked down upon uh, and joked about,
0: but we actually have so many skill sets that you know it really makes us very special. It certainly does, and uh, I can tell you a little story. When I came here 25 years ago, there were maps Mm -hmm. that did not. Have the Eastern Shore That's as correct. part of Virginia. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> because I was running a bed and breakfast and try to explain that to a potential guest, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: and, and I still I still have to pull out the map now and uh, explain to people where the Eastern Shore is. Right. Uh, I normally start off by saying Cape Charles, and they're like, no, nope, I don't know where Cape Charles is." And then I might mention Shinkatig, and they may or may not have heard of Shinkatig and the Ponies. Right. So ultimately, I end up saying we're next to Virginia Beach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's kind of the
2: way I oh, do Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: absolutely. An hour north of Norfolk and Virginia Beach. That's right. <laughs> if you could give young people on the shore some advice, what would that advice be?
2: I would say um, always work to do the best that you can do. Don't let being from the eastern shore serve as a barrier to you because there are a lot of great people who have come from the eastern shore who have thrived and will continue to thrive. And so certainly they have that same ability as long as they are willing to put in the work. And so for me, my life successes have stemmed from remaining faithful in God, as well as just putting in the work and being patient, putting in the work and being patient. And at some point you'll be able to
0: harvest uh, your labor. Thank you very much. Thank you. And Wayne Bell, thank you for sharing the mic. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you for the invite. You have been listening to Sharing the Mic with David Phillips. Produced by the Barrier Islands Center, Sally Dickinson, Executive Director. Laura Vaughn, Director of Donor Relationships. Kristen Dennis, Office and Marketing Manager. Grace Tankard, Assistant to the Executive Director. The Barrier Islands Center is located at 7295 Young Street in Machapongo, Virginia, 23405. The website is www.barrierislandscenter.org. If you have comments or questions about this podcast, please direct them to bicpodcast at icloud.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. Until next time, stay safe and be well.